But today we come to the last and the most important part to me, the most exciting part. Because the word the Lord said to me was very simple. Build the fleet. Build the fleet. You know, we just sang, there's power in the blood. Oh, by the way, I love that song so much. Oh, but there's a line in that song. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? Well, the challenge this morning is to do service for Jesus, our King, because this is about growth, mission, outreach, and church planting. And I'm saying all of those things together because kind of when you're really involved in mission, I don't think you can separate those things really. Romans 10 verses 14 to 15 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? We can't blame people for not calling on the name of the Lord if they don't believe. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. This morning is about sending. People need to hear the good news. Otherwise they can't believe it. They can't believe in what they've never heard. The good news is how lives change. It's how communities change. People need the good news. Unfortunately, whenever we see the church on the news at the moment, it's about something other than the good news. We will not get into that this morning. The good news is that Jesus can change your life, can take your sin, and give you eternity. And so the vision this morning, isn't as we're talking about church planting, and we're talking about mission, we don't want to grow new meetings just so we have extra places for the same bunch of people to meet. It's not about that. It's about getting the good news in front of people. My hope is after all of these weeks, particularly this week, church, you'll have caught the vision. That after this week, this won't be my vision. This will be our vision. Given by God, not to me, but to us. But before we get into that, one thing, I think it's just important that we consider our fleet. Because we are one church. One. We meet in several places, of which, God willing, we will soon see more. But all of these are just vessels in the larger fleet. We're one fleet with many vessels and we have one vision and one mission each part of us is a different vessel in the fleet but we all have one common goal and that is to save people as I was pondering upon this this, this image came to me of World War II and what was known as Operation Dynamo. Dunkirk. At Dunkirk, 
the Navy requisitioned every vessel it could get its hands on. Over 800 vessels. It was a fleet made up of battleships, fishing boats, pleasure crafts, merchant boats, yachts, anything. Some were crewed by the Navy, but because there was such a shortage, many were crewed by civilian owners. And all of these ships, they were a variety of sizes. They all had different capabilities. They all had different facilities, but they all had one mission. Rescue as many people as you can. You know, the battleship or the frigate that has a hundred people rescued and the fishing boat that rescues ten are both equally successful in their mission. And as we have different vessels, different ships, we need to understand each of our ships has a different function. You know, with, with the Navy, you have frigates, which are medium-sized warships. They, they're very handy vessels because they're faster than ships that are bigger, but bigger than ships that are faster. Really useful. You know, the big ships, everybody's impressed by the big ships, but they don't move as fast. Sometimes, you know, the big church can't move as fast as the, as the medium-sized church. You have aircraft carriers, these mobile bases for an airbase. Amphibious assault ships designed to get ground crew in place. Battleships with bigger guns, minesweepers designed to clear the way. Listen, the variety that you have is important because they all allow for a different need to be met in service of the overall mission. The fact that Billingham at the moment and Hartlepool and Stockton are all different is good. Because each one's reaching a different place and reaching a different need. It's good that we have this diversity. Oasis has a specific call. It's a different shape. That's good because it's meeting a different need, but it's one mission. It's okay that each vessel looks a little different because we're reaching a different group of people, a different place. Big vessels... Small vessels, medium-sized vessels, all are needed to rescue those who are going to perish if we don't get there. That's not just with churches, it's with departments, ministries, every avenue, all working together. The question is, for every part of new life, what is your mission? What is your capability? Which, what is your purpose in service of the overall mission? By the way, can somebody turn the heating down a bit? I think I might collapse. The question should be asked of every single thing we do as a body. Every single outreach, every single group, every venture we do. How is it supporting the overall mission? And what's our mission? Our mission is a rescue mission. Rescue and develop. This is our church's mission statement. Go and make disciples of all in Teesside, the surrounding area, and of course, the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. We must go in the power of his Holy Spirit, just as he promised that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. That's our mission statement. It's taken from Matthew 28, because why rewrite something that's perfect in its initial conception? That seems to have been more complicated than I thought it would be. We have our hub, our flagship, but we need other vessels to get out there because we need as many as possible to reach everybody in time. So you might not be part of the flagship. You might be someone who's part of new life and you've never been to Billingham. You don't come to this meeting, you're part of another meeting. Let me tell you this morning, you are no less a part of the mission. You are still one of the fleet known as New Life. You know, our king has many fleets. They're posted in different places, they have different aims, but we are all serving in the same war. Serving the same king. And we are all on the same side. But the topic for this morning is expanding this fleet. So let's look at the vision for church planting. And although I'm going to be talking about planting, this method, this avenue I want us to use, I also think we can use for outreach. So we're going to use the same method for planting as we're going to use for outreach. Even if we're not officially planting a new work. Because the idea is, is to reach more people for Jesus. Yes? That's it. Whether we establish a location or not, as long as people are being reached for Jesus, I don't care. So the focus is on planting. But if you just want to reach your neighbours and your friends without it ever becoming something more than that, this is also for you this morning. Because this method of church planting is just about scattering seed everywhere. I had an idea this morning that I was going to get a big bag of seed. And I was just going to throw it all over you. And then I thought I'd get into trouble. <laughs> we scatter the seed wherever we go. And then we see what God grows out of it. So the big question when it comes to planting this morning is, what are we planting? We don't just want another meeting for the same people to go to a different place. It's not a meeting for the sake of a meeting. Therefore, we need to have flexibility with all of our plants and all of our locations that if we have to move venues for a practical reason, you know what? It's not a big deal. Hartlepool recently moved. You know what? It was the right thing to do because the place we were wasn't serving our purpose anymore. If a place isn't showing any growth, it's not a big deal to say, let's try somewhere else. Why should that be a big deal? We can get so set in these comfort zones. If we have to shake the dust off our feet, that's what Jesus said, if somewhere isn't accepting what you're saying, you shake the dust off your feet, move on. 
And I think in some ways that's what we did with Hartlepool. But we did that with Stockton as well. When we moved to this new, we shook the dust off our feet. We moved on. Jesus didn't say you failed in those circumstances. You know, Jesus experienced an area where he didn't find people accepting his message. And for him, it was his hometown. We must never be scared of changing things if they need changing. So if we're going to move, we're going to move. Because we're not planting structures. We're not planting a meeting for the sake of it. What we want to plant is an expression of new life in an area where we can be a light in the darkness. A place where people can hear the gospel. Church planting should never be about extending the church. It should be about extending the kingdom of God. So while I was away a few months ago now, Actually, we were coming back from a holiday, weren't we? I had a dream. And I woke up extremely excited. I tell you, I very rarely have vivid dreams that I remember properly. That I feel like God's saying something. I'd love to say it was a vision. But it was a dream, which I guess means I'm getting old. But it was so vivid. The following day, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop writing it down. And it was a plan for church planting laid out in front of me. I saw it so clearly. And then I spent the rest of the next few days working backwards from it to find a reasoning and a a metaphor behind it, Um, which I want to present to you now. But I just want to say, I didn't start with the reasoning. I'm going to start with the reasoning and take us towards it. But actually, the real journey went backwards. (laughs) In other words, God spoke and then I worked out how to explain what I saw. Part of our vision and model is to be a planting church. One church in multiple locations. That has been part of us for a long time now. Assemblies of God has also recently adopted this as the encouraged model for church planting. This is what they want churches to do now. Their um, push on this is Job 17 verse 9. The righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. We must keep pushing forward. Let's never settle. And they want to encourage churches to keep on pushing forward. Keep pushing to growth. Not so we can be a big church, but so that more people can be reached with the gospel. This is the Great Commission. To go and make disciples. However, that's been part of our vision and mission since, well, even before 2007, I think. It's been a long time. But we've never at any point since doing this Gone above three locations. It's always been three. We were three when we were Red Car, Billingham, Stockton. Then we lost Red Car, went back to two. Seaton was launched in 2016. Six years ago? No, is that six years ago? Seven years ago. Six, thank you. <laughs> and we've not had another plant since then. <clears throat> 
This vision, I believe, will enable us to open at least two more locations in the next two years. That's my hope. I say at least because I'm hoping the more seed we scatter, the more growth, the more harvest we will see. The method I'll be sharing is not one that's numerically linked by resources the same way a normal plant will be. What I mean by that is, often the more plants you start, the greater the strain on your resources. Yeah, Because planting is hard. And there's always been these main difficulties with planting a church. Resourcing it, venue, covering costs, preaching cover, music, technical setup, stewarding teams, etc., etc. I'm sure you can add to that list. I tell you, there's a lot goes into a plant. Because a traditional plant requires a lot of resources. In fact, AOG offers loans to church plants at the moment, but the loan has this burden of... When you establish, you've got to pay it back. <laughs> One thing we are seeing today that I think is going to become an increasing problem is travel is getting more expensive. The idea of traveling a long distance to church, like living in Teesside and traveling to, I don't know, Newcastle, if things continue as they are, I tell you, that's going to become less and less popular. So what if we didn't do a traditional plant? What if we tried another way? What about instead of trying to create multiple battleships, we get a hold of that Dunkirk energy and we use any vessel we can get our hands on? Any vessel, the size of which doesn't matter as long as somebody's rescued. What if we took the seed of the gospel and we collectively, as a body, spread it around the area we live in? And then we just see what grows. The early church met in the temple and larger locations, but they also met house to house. Now this has in some ways been turned into this idea of house church. But the thing with house churches is they don't often plan to get bigger than what they are. They have this small informal gathering that has, tends not to have oversight. And it doesn't really become anything other than that. I don't think that's where church itself should be heading. But there's something about starting there. Many of the large New Testament churches began in someone's house. So this thought of how can we use a model of sustainable growth has been on my mind. How can we grow while still maintaining the essence of new life in our plants without at the same time overstretching us? How can we use what we've learned in these post-pandemic years to bring us forward? 
How can we grow leaders in the field? How can we give more opportunities for new leaders to emerge? That brings us to our church planting vision. This morning, I'd like to introduce you to New Life House Plants. Not house church, for house church is designed to stay in the house. But house plants designed to grow. So at this point in the message, I am going to, five and a half messages in, abandon the navel metaphor and replace it with another one for the rest. That's okay, you can cope with more than one set of imagery, is that okay? And we're going to go a little bit more gardeny. Let's take the house plant as our metaphor for this. As I describe these, bear in mind, this will be the method in which we continue to plant churches. But this system will apply to our outreach. A couple or an individual may choose to start an outreach that actually doesn't intend to grow into a plant, but as a way of reaching your neighbours and your friends or people you've witnessed to on the street whatever that's okay it may mean when we go through the stages you stop at stage three that's okay as long as people are being reached for Jesus who cares but you know you might start out just thinking I'm going to reach my friends and it might grow into something else well bless God so there will be six stages to planting a church. Here's the brief steps, and I'll go into detail on each one. We start with a seed, we pot it, we feed water and grow roots, we repot, we see budding, we see flowering. Six stages of growth. So let's start with number one, the seed. This starts with the decision that we're going to do something. We want people who are ready and willing to start planting some seeds. Maybe you live in an area where there's the potential to plant. Maybe you want to reach friends. Maybe you want an outlet for your personal outreach. And you know an invited church is not going to get the response you want. But an invite to your home... That's different. Now, obviously, location does come into play a little bit here. If you live in Billingham, chances are we're not looking to plant. <laughs> but you live further out. You can start with an outreach. But we can then start looking and praying at that stage. Okay, God, is this a future location? In some cases, the spirit might indicate very quickly, this is more than outreach. This is a future location. You know, in the parable of the sower, the farmer throws the seed everywhere. He's not careful where he's throwing that seed. He just throws it everywhere. And the more seed we throw out, the more potential we have to see some seeds grow. This method of planting starts with us just throwing seeds wherever we can. So to spread that seed, we need people 
who are willing and ready to give this a go. To give it a try. People who will say, here I am, send me. People who are willing to open up their homes, show hospitality, and invite people in. That's where we start. When people respond to this, we will have a time of training, time of prayer, and then we're ready to go. Then we move to stage two, potting the plant up. We start in the home. So we have training, preparation, and you open your home on a Sunday night. Now I've said Sunday night there. There's a caveat to that. We'll get to that later. Perhaps you have one or two fellow church members with you in support, but no more than that. The key is to invite your neighbours, your friends, people you've had a chance to share the gospel with. You'd come together, you'd maybe have a meal first. Social time. I don't want to dictate what that looks like because every home and situation is different. Some people love cooking. Some people love buying a few sausage rolls. It's all good. However, cheese rolls are not good. <laughs> Whatever works best. You then, at a certain time, will watch a live feed that I will be putting together. We'll have a small studio that we need to build. All we can do is from this room, or we can do it. A studio is better because it, it can be something that's tailor-made. It will come via a link that is not public. This isn't going out on our main YouTube feed. It'll go through our main YouTube feed, but it's link only. You can only find it if you've been given the link. So this is specifically for this purpose. People can't say, that's okay, I'll stay at home and watch it at home. It'll only be in the groups. And this will be a targeted gospel presentation. It will be content that preaches the gospel. It will be content that includes things that is for new Christians, the sort of things you cover in Alpha. Why should I read my Bible? How do I pray? But first and foremost, why do I need Jesus? Instead of a time of worship, there will be a song to make you think, to water the ground, if you will. Something that we will produce separately. I haven't spoke to anybody on the worship team about this yet, but what I'd really like to do is get some equipment where I can turn up at your house get a really good quality recording of a song that just is going to touch somebody and build up a little library of these. Or you watch a testimony from someone in your life, a salvation story, not what God's done this week, but how did I find Jesus? We'll either do those live in the studio or we'll pre-record them. Short, punchy, faith-building testimonies.
testimonies of salvation. And then there will be a gospel message or content for those new in the faith. But every week they will hear, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. Punchy, to the point, short, and no Christian jargon at all. Christian jargon. <laughs> Unless it's explained. After the message, there'll be an appeal, but the appeal and the response takes place in the groups. If somebody responds to the gospel, you pray with them in your group. You talk it through with them. You take them through that decision. And then somebody in the group would then become their befriender, which we talked about a few weeks ago, and work through the new Christian material that we have, that we have recently mentioned. See, the problem with hiring a hall for a plant or turning up en masse and doing this advertising campaign locally. Here we are, here we are, here we are. What you tend to get initially is a lot of transfer growth. Yeah? You get people in the area who are dissatisfied with the church they're in who go, ooh, something new. Now, I'm not against transfer growth. In fact, I've got some good people here who've come from other places. But that's growing our church, that's not growing the kingdom. We want to reach new people. This allows us to specifically engage with the unchurched. And it is far less likely to have transfer growth because it's not a meeting that anyone just comes to. This allows us to build something small to start with. And then we've got a foundation. That takes us to stage three. We begin to feed, water, and grow roots. So as this group begins to get established, as these people that you're meeting with beginning to grow in their faith, well, maybe then it's time to start introducing in the, in the house a bit of worship. Start teaching them how to worship. If you have a musician in the home or another method, but you then introduce them to a time of worship. You build up these new Christians coming, whilst at the same time making it in welcoming to people who aren't yet. Then these new Christians, as they begin to grow, well, they become your team. They start to invite people they know. Each plant would look to establish around 12 to 16 people before they move on to the next stage, depending on the size of your house, obviously. And some will stop here. That's fine as long as we're reaching people. If you're just an outreach, not a plant, then what you would do is you'd split your group and you'd take some of your new team and say, go plant some seed. Go reach your friends. So you would then start feeding those people into the churches that we already have established. It becomes a feeder rather than a plant. Listen, if people are getting saved and then getting discipled and then becoming soul winners themselves, 
Stopping at stage three is not a failure, it's a massive success. However, if it's showing signs of being an actual church plant, we then move on to stage four. That is repotting. We look for a larger venue outside the home. So once we're ready to move outside the home, the plant's showing growth, we look for a local venue, something that can be supported through the offerings of those who attend. Hartlepool's a good example for this. Hartlepool pays for itself through the people who go to it. This will be a similar thing. It's also a good way to teach people about tithing. They would still join the live link for the preaching, but you'd build around that a much more familiar church feel. You'd have a sound system, you'd have a projector, you'd have those practical things, you'd have a time of worship. And then you allow those roots just to spread a little bit more. That's why you repot a plant, just to give it that space to get its roots a bit bigger. And then we move to stage five, budding. At this point, we start sending preachers to the venue. Starting out once a month and then ramping that up. We start to establish a leadership team for that church. We start to put deacons in place in that church. And then we start looking for somebody to pastor it. That might be internally, might be externally. And then stage six, it's really starting to flower. The whole meeting is now live in the venue. It's been planted. It's been established. It is similar to what Hartlepool is, Stockton is. But it will not feel separate to the church. It'll be very much tied to it because it's been connected right from that early stage. This is house plants, not house church. It's not intended to stay in the house, it's intended to reach people. And it's okay if it's an outreach that stays an outreach. Because we're not planting churches to say, ooh, guess how many churches we've got. We plant churches to bring the kingdom of God to new places and new people. To bring the good news of Jesus to people. Now the location may dictate what the plant looks like. For example, a town would look different to a village. But both would be tailor fit to meet their community. This is us just taking seed and I really wish I had some seed, throwing it everywhere we can. If we start 10 and two of them become established locations, that's a success. Because in all of the others, we want to make sure people are saved as well. This is known as the Chinese money plant. I think because it looks like a big coin. But it's also known as, I'm going to hold that steady to see if we can get it. There we go. It's also known as the missionary plant. I prefer the name missionary plant because it grows just like church plants, like a mission. If you remember, uh, Amelia sold a whole bunch of these to raise money for the building project a few years ago. What this does is it's always sprouting up something new. Has anyone got one of these? It's always giving you something new, isn't it? You start with one, 
you end up with ten. Five or you see? Just keep it can't it can't help it when it's healthy. That's how I see us. Where we won't be able to stop planting something new. I said two to keep expectations low. I would like to see ten. Listen, if we all did it, if we all if we all tried it, I don't think there's any top limit on what God can do. Can't give you that. There's no top limit on what God to do because there's no strain on the number. 10, 20, same difference in terms of the amount of work it takes, the amount of effort it takes. The reason that is called that, it's also known as a friendship plant because it's the pass along, you grow one and give it to somebody else. It just loves to grow new shoots. That plan to me is like a healthy church. And soon you'll have thriving plants all over the place. This method takes the same amount of resource no matter how many times we do it. Because the testimonies and the gospel is centrally done. No work becomes too difficult to support until it's able to support that. I was hoping to find somebody else doing this so I could learn from them. (laughs) I can't find anybody else doing this. We've not taken this from anywhere. (laughs) But you know what? I'm excited by that. I'm excited by that. I don't know of anybody else doing this. So the challenge to you today is simply this. I want you to pray about it. Are you willing to scatter some seeds? Are you willing to give it a go? Are you willing to get your little board and send it to Dunkirk to rescue somebody? There's two types of people in the room today. Those who live in a town where there's already a new life location and those who don't. Both sets of people can get involved in spreading the seed. Everyone can do it. Everyone can be part of it. The challenge is are we willing to show hospitality, to open our home and reach people with the gospel? It's my hope that as a church we can do multiple house plants all at once and see many of them thrive and grow and that we will see people saved in all of them. But it takes us to open up our home and play our part. Now, the question does arise. If this is on a Sunday night, what if I go to Hartlepool? What if I go to Stockton? Does that mean I can't be involved? No. It doesn't mean that at all. The beauty is, on a Sunday night, it's live. But once you've got the link, you've got the link. You can do this Monday night. You could do this Monday afternoon. You could, I'll not mention all the days of the week. You get the idea. 
Once you've got it, it exists. So if a Monday night's better, do it then. Whatever works for you and the people that you're reaching. Now the live version has, a, has something about doing it live on a Sunday night because that's traditional church time. But I want everybody who wants to be part of this to be able to be part of it. So it doesn't have to be a Sunday night. Everyone who wants to do this will receive training and will have support. So I believe with this method we can see the gospel spread far and wide and see many more locations established. We do have things we need to do first, like establish a studio to do it from. No idea how we... <laughs> That's obviously got a cost attached to it and a, a finding a place to do it. And It's going to be a project and we may have to work that out as we go. I believe this has come from God. And I don't know of anybody else who's doing this, which means we kind of don't have an example to follow. We're going to have to work it out as we go. But that's exciting to me. There's such an opportunity here. Because I don't see any top limit on what God can do. None. Unlike traditional planting. Some places will grow more than others, that's fine. Because when one person's saved, when one person's reached, when one person is grabbed from the sea, that is a success. And success for one of us is success for all of us. You know, there's a saying going back to the naval metaphor. A rising tide raises all ships. I believe the church should no longer be on the defense. For too long we've been on our defense. Now it is all hands on deck. All systems go. Let's start taking ground for the kingdom of God. Let's stop letting the enemy take ground. I, I am appalled to see some of the things that's going on in this country in the church. Appalled. But we need to provide something valid that's different. We need to get the gospel to people because when people hear the word church now, all they hear is about the arguments and the disagreements. People don't need to hear about the church. People need to hear about Jesus. We are in a battle for the souls of mankind. And I believe we're in one of the last battles for the souls of mankind. If we don't do this now, there will be people left on that beach, lost. Over the past six weeks, I've presented a vision of how I see us moving forward as a church. I believe this is from God. I believe it will make us stronger. And I believe it will help us reach this world that is desperately in need. But as I said right at the start of this, without vision... The people perish. But it's also true that without people, the vision will perish. This has been presented to you, I hope, clearly, extensively. <laughs> but now, it's over to you. It's over to all of us.
everything we've talked about, now we need to start initiating it. What has been presented now needs to be implemented. I hope what was my vision is now our vision. Church, let's take it. Let's run with it. Let's see eternities transformed. Because that's what it's all about. All of it is just about plundering hell and populating heaven. And you know, I can't think of any finer thing to be part of in this life than to see a soul rescued. Can we stand church and pray? Lord, we commit this vision to you. Pray, Lord, for us as a church that we may take it and run with it. That, Lord, what's been delivered over these past six weeks, Lord, will set us in motion for a new season of new life. Lord, I don't want to pray for growth of the church. I want to pray for growth of the kingdom of God. I want to pray for souls to be rescued. Lord, I pray, make us a church of soul winners. Lord, I pray, Lord, through this method, we will see new people established in your kingdom. Souls pulled out of the gates of hell. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that as we go forward, not on the defense, but on the attack, that the gates of hell will not withstand your church. Lord, I pray, Lord, hell shakes at the sound of the rushing church. And Lord, I pray for workers in the harvest field and the harvest gathered in. Lord, I pray for our family members, our friends, those people who've never accepted the invite to church. Lord, I pray, Lord, give us opportunity to reach them. Give us opportunity, Lord, to see them saved. Lord, I pray, Lord, for a new season for all of us where the ground has been stony and hard before. Lord, I pray, Lord, for good soil. And Lord, I pray here we are. Send us, Lord. Send us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, just one thing as I wrap up. <laughs> I think it's very important that now we've presented this, we go forward with it. But we also need to make sure we commit this fully to God. <laughs> on Thursday, I called for a day of fasting on Tuesday. Not realizing it was Valentine's Day and I was probably ruining everyone's plans. Thursday. I'm asking you, church, those who feel that it's right, to fast on Thursday, to pray, that we will see what's been established, implemented, and pray for souls in this area. Pray that we will see more people reach than we've ever seen, and more locations than we can ever imagine. Bless you, church.